welcome to another message presented by the ministry of Christian Faith Fellowship. We are fulfilling the call of God on this ministry to preach the Word of God without compromise, raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that we have to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. war. We, we definitely discussed that. We have to contend. We've got to be able to fight this good fight of faith, First Timothy told, told, tells us, right? So daily we are fighting this battle. What battle are we fighting? We're fighting the battle to keep our faith. The enemy is literally trying to overthrow your faith. Once you sign up and say, I'm a Christian, his duty is to make you an unchristian. His duty is to make your faith go Zero. He wants you to steal it from you. He wants you to think it doesn't work, in other words, right? That's his goal. And we can't let him do that. That's what we're fighting. We're not punching at him. We're just fighting to keep that faith. We got to use the weapons, though, of our warfare. So what in the world is that? Those are weapons that we can't find in this world. We can't go use the natural carnal weapons. We've got to use the weapons of our warfare if we want to avoid destruction of our faith, okay? So carnal weapons are actually useless against the enemy. Even a nuclear bomb or the most, I don't know what's bigger than that, but whatever the most craziest weapon you could possibly think of on the face of the earth to even wipe out the earth, even if you wiped out the earth, the, the enemy is not affected by that. It's a natural weapon. He's only affected by the weapons of our warfare, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. That's right. It's all spiritual, and it's in the spirit realm. And that's because our, our, our enemies are in, invisible. Right. They're spiritual, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not a good spiritual. Right. You see, you say like, what do you mean the devil's spiritual? Of course he's spiritual. Do you see him? No, he's spiritual. That, there's a natural and a spiritual, right? So he is a bad spiritual. We're a good spiritual, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are putting forth the kingdom of heaven, and he is trying to go against it. So the devil and his angels, or his demons, they use bullets, or what we might call evil thoughts, okay? And he does that every single day. Fiery darts, that's right, in Ephesians. They, they are daily trying to put evil thoughts in your mind and my mind just to keep us from living out this word. It's their one goal. Because if he can keep you from living out this, you lose. Literally, you lose. This is what keeps you winning. This, this don't quit and you win. Period. You don't have to be the best or the fastest. You just don't have to quit, right? So, let's go to uh, Revelation 12 real quick. <clears throat> Revelation 12. And we're going to look at verse 10 and 11. And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our own God day and night. In other words, he never ever stops. He's been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's the one that is annoying to you. He, have you ever been so annoyed with being accused of something that you really didn't do? Like, you were like, I really didn't do that, right? And your mom's like, oh, no, I know you did. And you're like, but this time I really didn't. And she didn't believe you? Or, or, or you're being accused of being a certain way? You know, well, I know you meant it this way. But, but in your heart, you know you didn't. But you're being accused of it. And that's annoying, right? Because your, your flesh wants to justify. Your flesh wants to make it better. And sometimes you have that and sometimes you don't. Well, guess what? That's what he does. <clears throat> he literally just says... He's accusing you every single day of something, right? And it's things we don't like. <clears throat> and some of us are just taking it. We're just like, yeah, I am, I, am kind of, uh, I am kind of that way, whatever you want to put on there. You know, I am impatient. If you say that, we're, we're receiving his accusing us of impatience. And I'm, I'm holding my hand up just like you could for, for many different things, right? Why are we taking it? If you came up to me and, and you were blasting me about something, I would want to justify myself. 
Why am I not doing that to the enemy where I'm supposed to be? I'm actually supposed to be doing that, right? So when he comes to you every day and tells you what you are, you have to say, well, that's not what God says. I don't receive that. That's not true. You're accusing me of something that's not true, right? We've got to do that. We've got to rise up and remember we are justified by the word of God, right? So we've got to do that. He... is the real enemy. Not our spouse, not our friend, not our boss, not our neighbor. He's the real enemy. So when those, when those people come and say those things to us, we just remember who the real enemy is and we say, I don't receive that, right? We don't have to argue with that person. Because remember, he's, he's, he's the hand in the glove, remember? Okay, so the weapons of our warfare, what are they for? They're for three things. They're for pulling down strongholds. And if it's a stronghold, it means it has a strong hold on you, Right? But you don't have to let it keep it a stronghold on you. That's why you have to be given these weapons. It literally says the weapons of our warfare are for pulling down strongholds. So there right there tells you that no matter what stronghold you may have, you have a way out of it. Okay? You've got to use your weapons. It also says for casting down imaginations. Now, I could talk pretty big about imaginations because... Thank goodness my parents don't get to come up here and tell stories about me because I had a humongous imagination and um, even in, as I was older. And it's a little embarrassing to think the things that your imagination can actually think is true and then you look back and you're like, well, that was kind of impossible and kind of silly. So our imaginations can get us in trouble, right? And they may be silly at times, but then there's other times that it can actually cause harm to your life. That imagination, that fear of what could happen or, or what if that would have, what if that would have happened? If I sit and meditate on that, what if that would have happened to my kid? Or what if this, you, you would get in an endless world of, of sadness and depression and evil thoughts, right? Those things we cast down, okay? So our weapons of warfare for pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations, and to bring every thought to, the, to subjection to the word of God, to Jesus, the word of God, what the word says, right? So every thought that comes into my head, this is what takes diligence because you have so many thoughts in a day. You can get like, you can be like, wake up and like, I'm going to focus today and I'm going to get this thought thing down. And then like 12 thoughts later, you're like, what just happened? I forgot about those thoughts, right? You, because you just keep going. But we've got to slow down and process those thoughts. What is coming into my brain? What am I thinking right now? Why am I thinking that? Does that thinking line up with what God says? Does God say I'm stupid? Does God say I'm the I'm big mouth? Does God say I can't forgive? No, it doesn't. So those thoughts we are going to grab a hold of, put them in thought prison, right? Make them obey, and then we're going to let them out right? We're going to line them up to the word and say, no, that's not, we're not receiving that. So annihilation of anything bad is what we're trying to do here with these weapons of warfare. If it's evil and evil means it doesn't line up with the word, then we want it demolished. If it opposes the word, if it's prideful, if it's rebellious against God's word, if it's a bad attitude, those are all things we want to demolish, okay? So God's army, you might be saying, well, I did sign up for God's army, but um, he, he actually made me a quiet person, and I don't really have the, I have the authority, but I have a problem using it against the enemy because I'm just so timid and shy and quiet. Well, guess what? I have too many verses to tell you that you're not, you're not allowed to say that because God says that you haven't been given a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind, first of all. But then we're going to go to Psalm 144 and say what God says about you when you become an army of God. So Psalm 144. Um, Olivia, can you come here for a second? I need you to get something out of my bag for me. Are you ready? Okay. Can you grab that right there and pull it out? Not that one, that one right there, and show everybody what that is. What is it? Uh, a little necklace. It is a necklace. Okay, you can wear it. That's totally fine. You may wear that. Okay, you can take it to your chair if you want. Just, you, yeah, go ahead. Good job. That necklace <clears throat> resembles 
you when you signed up as a believer. So whatever happened in your life that you decided, I want to change my life, I want to do something new, I want to I change this, I want to fix that, you, you took upon yourself a label. You took upon yourself a new identity. Amen. I am now in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so you, you placing that necklace on you is now you're saying, you're labeling yourself like I would label a Christmas present. I am the Lord's. Amen. The Lord is mine. I'm going to follow orders to the Lord. That's what you're saying. Right. And so you, if you're not following orders to the Lord, then you're walking around with a necklace that says, I'm, the Lord is my leader, but you're actually AWOL. Right. You're actually AWOL. You are choosing to do your own thing. And I don't know what happens when you, get, when you don't do your own thing, but I, don't, I think you get punished, and I don't know what other bad stuff, but I'm sure you'd get something bad in the army when you don't follow instructions. I know you get yelled at, for sure, right? So... We are supposed to remember whose we are, who purchased us. And so when we go to Psalm, remember that when we go to Psalm 144 right now, we're just going to look at verse 1, and it says, um, Blessed be the Lord, my rock. He is your rock. He is your your firm foundation. He doesn't swerve and... and, um, He's not like sand. He's not wishy-washy. He's something you can stand on and you can trust in. He trains my hands for war. Look at that. He trains you for war. For whatever is coming against you, he's training you for. Now, if you're listening or not, you got the label, but are you, are you actually being a, a, a true soldier? And my fingers for battle. My loving kindness, my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and the one in whom I take refuge. He subdues my people under me. He literally prepares our hands and our fingers for battle. He doesn't just put us a helmet on and some bulletproof vest and our legs. He cares about our hands and our fingers. That's that's amazing. He he goes down to minute details, right? God wants us to be aggressive warriors, and we are going to have to become those aggressive warriors. We cannot be, what does he say, mamsy, pamsy, tea sipping, blah, 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 whatever. We cannot be that Christian anymore. Maybe there was a time for that. I don't know what, what you know, time period that was, but that's not available anymore. There's destruction, there's, there's evil, and the enemy is literally here right now to steal, kill, and destroy. His time is so short, Amen. and he doesn't care about you. He doesn't have feelings like you do. So so we have to become those aggressive warriors that God made us to be for his kingdom. It's for his kingdom. It's not like we're aggressive to justify ourselves. We are aggressive to push the gospel forward. Okay? So he's the one that supplied our weapons, and we got to know what they are and how to use them. So we've signed up for the Lord's army. We're claiming that we are now there, and we are going to take orders from our captain. Ethan, you want to come? Get something out of my bag? All right, run up here. Can you grab that right there? Perfect. What's that, Ethan? It's a walkie-talkie. Oh, it walks? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. What do, what do we use walkie-talkies for? Mm, calling others. Why would you need to do that? Uh, so that you can see if they're okay or uh, uh, seeing, like, say they were hunting. Okay. I know you're talking like armies, but yeah. say you're hunting. Okay, we're hunting. Uh, you're 100 foot okay. feet from another guy. 100 feet you apart. You want to know if, you're, uh, if the guy got something. You want to communicate. Yes. Very good. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, okay, so one of our weapons is communication. And there's so many ways we communicate, or we should be communicating, I should say. So we want to communicate with our headquarters constantly. Not like only in the morning or once a month. I mean, can you imagine if the soldiers could only do that? I mean, there probably are times when they did, but if there were available for constant communication, don't you think that that is highly important, right? We can speak directly to the commander-in-chief, by the way. God is the supreme, he, and, and you can speak to him. You don't have to go through anybody else. Um, it said that those who did not love their lives to the death, right? So, you know, when people go out 
to do anything, if they get distracted from a mission or an assignment, they are now, they're loving their lives to the death because they are now doing what they want to do. If they're not taking the orders that they swore that they would take, they're now doing what they want to do, right? Taking orders from God is what we're supposed to be doing, but we can't do it if we're not listening. If there's not a two-way communication, right? We talk to him, we listen, and he talks to us. So we need a constant communication. We need to not love our lives to death. We need to stick to the mission till the end. So, so what I mean is you could be going through life and saying, yeah, but doing really good. I'm doing really good. I'm going to church and I'm reading my Bible and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And then all of a sudden something comes against you and it gets hard. And then you're like, so bad. You put your communication away and you're trying to fix your own problem because you think that you can do that, but you can't. Or you can't do it the right way, I should say. You can fix some problems. But Abraham tried that, and that's why we are where we are today. Thank you, Abraham, which we probably would have done the same thing, whatever. Uh, Eve, right? This, we've got to stay in constant communication with God, right? We can't be distracted. If we are in constant communication all day long, we will be aware of his presence with us. And that's going to keep us out of trouble, okay? Remind yourself of your calling. Uh, prayer is another way for communication just to specifically pray um, the word or pray in prayer of intercession for other people. Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Your spiritual, yes, so powerful. You're speaking things. Why, why do people have a problem with this? Speaking in tongues, the Bible says it builds you up. And if you've ever just done that, it builds you up. It can take your mind off of fear stress, whatever, is trying to get a hold of you. It, it helps you to, in, the enemy is always somewhere, and at listening to the Holy Spirit, he can tell you where the enemy is. He can tell you of his position, and how much better is it if you know the enemy's position in a, in a battle? It's great, right? He can lead you and he can guide you if you will take the time to pray, right? Right. <clears throat> Leadership, leadership prophecies. If you have a leader, you stick with your leader. You don't go to other people. You don't go to several churches and get all these prophecies because you don't know what you're getting into. You can get demons on you. You can get into some serious trouble thinking that something's God's will when it wasn't. And now you're, again, you're going off on your own way. But you thought somebody told you. You've got to know your leadership so you can trust what's coming through their mouth and into your ears, right? So when your leader gives you a commission or uh, ordination or an assignment, guess what you've got to do? First Timothy 1.18 says we have to wage a good warfare against those prophecies that have been spoken over us. I have to wage a good warfare just to get on this stage. Nobody, I mean, I don't like to get up here. This is uncomfortable to look at your faces staring at me. It's uncomfortable to think that I have to even think of words, which, thank goodness, the Holy Spirit just fills it, right? It, it, and days have happened where somebody has said something to me, and I thought, I'm not even, I, don't, I can't go up there. Did you hear what they just said about me? <laughs> if I were to take that, I wouldn't have got up on that day. But I, I knew I had to wage a good warfare. Several years ago when Maverick was born, I had just had him and he was a baby. I hope I don't cry. Oh, my. Okay, I'm not. It's gone. Okay. <laughs> I had him and I had a little bit of um, sadness, I'll just say, after I had him. It's, it's normal. If y'all don't know, it's normal. But don't claim that. Don't, don't grab a hold of that. If you have a baby, you say, I'm not going to receive that. That is from the world. They will tell you that, that every, you know, it's okay. It's not okay, and don't receive it. But I think something had just got like an oppression on me, and I didn't realize it, but I remember uh, sitting in the back of the church, and that is not me. I have never picked a seat in the back of the church. I need to focus because if I see you doing all this stuff, I cannot help but just stare at you and be like, why are you not looking at the pastor right now? Please put that away. Stop flipping your fingernail. You know what I mean? I won't say it, but I'll be thinking it the whole time. So I got to sit up front so I can focus. Well, I remember sitting in the back and it was, it was you know, it's just one of those things that you know something is on you, but you didn't know what it was. I didn't go do anything different. And I remember Pastor Barclay came that day and he called me up 
And you know, I just remember being like in this fog, like walking up like this, like just, it was just a fog. Like I wasn't in my right anything. Like I don't even feel like I had a personality at that moment. And he spoke over me a word and it was a word to come out of that. And it was so good. But here's the thing. This is the important part. I could have walked away that day and, and stayed the same. And I could have sat in the back even further the next week and then even further the next one and then maybe not even come back. But <laughs> I took that word and put it in my CD at home and I played it every day. And I just, I didn't, I didn't know if I believed it or not. I just knew that that's what I needed to do. So I just pushed play and listened to it and praise the Lord. The, the, the revelation came. The word washed or cleansed and freed what was a hold of me. We've got to wage a good warfare against those things. We can't just sit there and say, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what I'm dealing with. He doesn't even understand. He's a guy. No, he does understand. He may not fully understand you, but he understands what God said to say to you that day. And if you take it and receive it and listen to it and believe it and speak it over your life, it will go. It has to because that's waging a war. That is a weapon being used. And he has no defense against the weapons of God. None. And he has to flee. He doesn't even have an option. <clears throat> so that, that is, pro those prophecies are so important, especially at the beginning of the year. Take those, grab a hold of them, write them down, and just keep those before you until they come. And speak them over your life. Okay, Kylie, you want to come get something out of my bag? <clears throat> well, that's the sound I kept hearing. Was it? Okay, can you grab that? Yeah, that. What's that? It's a helmet. It's a helmet? What do you think a helmet's for in the army or a battle? To keep you safe. Oh, good. To keep your head safe. Perfect. You can wear it or you can put it on the table. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, if your parents tell you to put it down, you better put it down. Sorry. Forgot about that. Okay, the army of the, the armor of God is so important. Ephesians 6, you can go read about the armor of God, okay? Just more weapons. And most of them are defensive, okay? But those are important. We've got to know, we have to have that helmet of salvation to remind ourselves of who we are. Amen. That keeps those lies bouncing off saying, no, I'm justified. No, that's not true. I do forgive. I am capable of overcoming. I am more than a conqueror. That helmet keeps us with the truth, right? The tr Listen, the truth, the belt of truth battles every lie that the accuser is sending our way. Okay, the, the breastplate of righteousness, that is what keeps us from running to sin. We are righteous now. We don't run to sin. We run away from sin, right? The, the um, boots of peace, right? The gospel boots of peace, that is what overcomes fear. And fear comes to everybody at some point in different ways, but it comes, right? And that's what keeps it, that's what keeps it away. The faith, the shield of faith, that is what is going to take every doubt that, it, that will come. When you try to believe for something, the doubts come, and the shield of faith is what reserves that faith, right? It says, no, actually this, I'm going to believe this. I'm going to choose to believe it. I don't have to understand it. I don't need to make a diagram of why this works, right? right? Now, diagrams are nice, but you can't make them for everything, right? Okay. <clears throat> Who have I not got up here yet? Sadie, are you awake? Okay, run up here. Just want to make sure I got all the kids in today. I'll have to call some adults if I see you falling asleep, okay? <laughs> Can you pull that one out? What? That one. Can you pull that? Oh, what is that thing? Gun. It is a gun. What are guns for? They are for the shoot. Do they shoot flowers? No. What do they shoot? They shoot bad guys. Oh, they shoot bad guys. That is so right. They do. Thank you. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you. <clears throat> they do shoot bad guys. I really needed a rifle, but this is as good as it got without bringing a real one, which I'd feel totally uncomfortable with. So but Grayson's like, I'll get you one. I was like, no, that's okay. We'll just use the fake gun. So thank you, though. Okay, when you get born again, you receive... Uh, uh, we're, gonna, we're talking about the Lord's army, so we're going to say a gun, okay? It's the sword of the spirit, okay? But we don't really use swords too much in battle anymore, so we're going to move along with the gun, all right? So you have a gun that you are given. Now... 
the gun that you have right now. You walk around with it every day. You wake up with it. You sleep with it. You, you go out in the world. You go to your workplace with it. And guess what? It should be firing. But not at your friends. Not at your, not at your other believers. Not even at your neighbor or the non-believers. This is to fire at the devil. The enemy. Okay? But every day we should be firing at him. So... Think of that. Think of that. Just pretend you've got this gun walking around every day. Did I use it today? At the end of the day, when you go to bed, did I use my gun today? Because if I didn't, it's, it just sat there. I was in a battle, and I just walked around like, oh, watch out for that. Oh, oh. But you never, you just walked around? That's what you're doing. I know it sounds silly because you think no soldier would do that because every soldier's been trained to shoot. But you are trained. Right. How, many, how, many, how many times are you shooting at the devil each day? And listen, it might feel uncomfortable to shoot at the devil when somebody says something to you, but you don't have to say it back to them. You can just say, I cast those words down in Jesus' name. You don't have to be mean to them. You don't have to say, Satan, get behind me. But you can because Jesus did it and you can't get in trouble for it. But they might get their feelings hurt and maybe never talk to you again. But if they're somebody you don't want to talk to again, there you go. There you go. I just helped you out in life. You can get rid of somebody that way. Okay. Just make sure they're a believer first. That way they're, you know, they're good. Okay, so we need to be firing at the enemy. We need to be good at firing at the enemy. We can just know how to do it, but until you actually start doing it, it's just like this thing in your head, like, well, I know how to do it, but I didn't do it. But I'm not really, I'm not really good at it. But you got to practice it. You got to practice every day. You are under my feet. You're, listen, if, if I was in kids' class right now, I, I'd be thinking, okay, the kids, they probably don't know what to say to the devil because they're probably not used to talking to him. So I need to give them some information. So what I would tell them is anything that you wouldn't say to God, you say to the devil. So tonight we came in and we said, God, I want to bless you. So we can still look at the devil and say, I curse you. We do the opposite to him. So if we say, God, I love you, we can say, devil, I hate you. You're a loser. We can say, God, you are so good. And we can say, devil, you are not good. You're, you're, you're bad. Get away from me. I want nothing to do with you. You just say anything against him. You can't have me. I've been bought already. Sorry. You, you snoozed, you lost. We need to be firing at him. We need to resist temptation by speaking the word. When something comes up and we want to argue back, I know probably none of y'all have that issue that you want to argue with your spouse or your parents, even though you're like 40. And when this temptation comes up, that's the time to speak the word. Well, I choose life. I choose life. And just walk away, right? You choose forgiveness. You choose to, um, what's the big deal anyways? What are, we, what are we even arguing over, really, right? That's, that's, that's firing at the enemy. Because what he wants you to do is argue. And then he's got you. He's like reeling you in, right? And you say, no. No. Sorry. I love my spouse. I love you, honey. You know what? That was a good idea, Josh. What? Good idea. Even if you don't like it. You may hate it. But you don't have to tell him that. You could just, you know, come up with a better one. Okay. So you want to you wanna resist the enemy. You want to speak the word. Hey, once... One really good weapon is the blood of Jesus. The ladies went through a whole study on this, and it was the first time I'd ever really been my eyes open to what the blood was accomplishable on my mouth, right? Like, I know what the blood did. I know how precious it was. I knew all that. But to take the blood and to use it as a weapon, I plead the blood over my car. I plead the blood over my property today, Lord. I plead the blood over my children tonight as they sleep. I plead the blood... You can use that. That is your weapon. What kind of bloodline of Jesus would the enemy be able to cross? Zero. Absolutely zero. Use that. That is using your gun, your spiritual gun, when you do that. The blood is what gave us the victory, by the way. So when the accuser comes, the blood is what, what caused his accusations to be voided. Right? So he, come, he comes to you and says, well, you're just not, um, you're not talented enough for that. And you say, well, God said I'm talented. God said I've been gifted. That's right. 
God, God said, I am more than a conqueror. God said that I, I can't love, you can't love that person. Do you know what they did to you? You know you've been holding on this for so long. Well, that's not true. God said that I have the love of God in me. We use that. And that is what causes those accusations that are going against us to, to go out. Who you are, what you can do, and what you have. Those are the things that God says about you, whatever's in here, and that's what you use against the enemy. Because it's like you, you were maybe a person who were a certain way or you, or you did certain things, but now you have been washed in the blood. So just you know, pretend like you've been cleansed, like a good shower that cleanses you after being at the nasty deer hunt that you didn't want to go on, and you come home, you take a shower, and you're like... So it, that was good, right? That's what the blood did for you. And you walk around seeing yourself as that blood-washed believer. Hallelujah. Stop looking at yourself as what you used to be in the past. Don't let people tell you who you are. Amen. Even, if they, even if it's somebody you, you look up to, your friends, don't let them tell you who you are. Only let God tell you who you are. Don't receive those words, okay? All right, the word of your testimony. To use the word with your mouth is important. When you signed up in the Lord's army, you can't just walk around with your gun, right? You can't just randomly aim. Um, I think I need to take the devil down today. Um, take that devil. I'm, take that devil. You can't just randomly aim. You gotta know what you're doing. You gotta have a a goal, right? And. There's no defense for him against these weapons, remember. So if we actually hit him, we've accomplished, okay? The Holy Spirit can tell you where to aim. He has a keenness of the inner eye, the spiritual eye. Spiritual discernment can be yours if you heed to the Holy Spirit. Have you... Have you used your spiritual weapon? When you signed up in the Lord's Army, are you walking around with your spiritual gun? Are you using it? You have to ask yourself that. You've got to get a confession on your mouth, and it's got to be a positive confession. You've got to start calling those things that are not as though they were. That's right. Okay? My leg hurts. Well, stop saying it. Do you even think I want to hear that again? So what? Your leg hurts. I don't even care anymore. You said it so much. Do you like that? Stop saying, quit giving attention to your leg. Start saying, God said I'm healed, and I believe that. Give attention to the positive. Say those things that are not as though they were. Cast your mountains in the sea. We have a God who has allowed us to cast these giants, these mountains down. Do it. What's in front of you? What is, what is blocking you? What is hindering you? What, what is causing that? No doubt in your heart. Angels and demons respond to your words. What in the world are you saying every day that is causing angels or demons to go to work? Come on. If you're saying bad things about you, yourself, or your spouse, or your kids, just expect bad. If you want it to change, it feels uncomfortable, and it feels weird at first. You've got to change your words. Start speaking what you want to see. I have really good kids. My husband is amazing. He does the dishes every night. Just grab a hold of something. Hey, he just might start doing that. No, I wouldn't want you to do that. Thank you, though. I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about the gun. Now, listen, your gun is actually no good without the... Now, I know these don't go with this gun. I, I already know that because I'm... I mean, I'm pretty sure. I don't know that, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they go to like a rifle-looking thing, because I see these are like Rambo, right? Yeah, I, I haven't watched that either. But, but I, is that the same movie? No, it's not. Rambo and what did I tell you last time? Yeah, Rocky. That's the same. But the same guy? Oh, okay, that's why. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, see these? We're getting off of that now. See these? These are bullets. These are what you need to shoot. Okay. So you don't just automatically get bullets, though. This, this is where it kind of gets where you got to put some effort in, okay? You want just maybe a few little bullets. I think I can take this apart without breaking it. Sorry, Maverick, if I broke it, but I don't think I did. Okay, you can take these apart. If I did, I'll just get you a new one. Okay, if you want to shoot three bullets per day, then just learn a little bit of scripture. But, but that's all you got. You definitely need more. That's right, because especially if he knows how many you got. 
right? Uh, if, he, if he knows, uh, he can see you. So if he knows you spent teensy, teensy, teensy time in the Word this week and you only got this much to spend, well, that's all he's got to work for. But if you literally set, oh, I did break it. Don't tell Okay, if you really set time, look how many more there's left. If you set time aside to spend time in the Word, not just to, to spend time in it, but to read it, to meditate it all day, take a scripture out of that and say, oh, this is good. I'm going to meditate on this today. I'm going to write it on the card. I'm going to say it five times in this day. This is what you can end up with, and then you're ready. You're ready. But guess what? Even this goes away. That's why you've got to continue to push yourself. You've got to continue to build yourself up in the Holy Spirit. You've got to continue in prayer. You've got to continue to load up on the Word. Stop thinking we know it. How many times have I seen a script, heard a scripture, and then I opened up to it, and I thought, oh, wow. Because, you know, when we, when we say the scripture, we sometimes only say a part of it because we're like, we're just referencing. But when you go back and you read the whole thing, it's like... Yeah, it really does kind of pump you up, right? So we've got to get in it. We've got to get in our heart. We've got to get knowledge. Amen. And I know, yeah, we don't need knowledge. Yes, we do. Knowledge actually is tied to authority. How can you use your authority if you don't have knowledge of what authority you have, right? We've got to have knowledge of it. Knowing your rights, knowing your authority. If you know your authority, you will not be easily destroyed. If you don't know your authority, you will be easily taken. It, it, it'd be like just like people in the olden days when they, they, had, they had gold and they said, weigh this, and you didn't know to weigh, you didn't know your weights, so you just assumed and they, they took you for everything you had, right? You've got to have knowledge of it. God rebukes the devourer for your sake when you tithe, by the way, so there's another weapon. If you don't choose to tithe, that's another weapon that you're just letting it go to waste. God, did you hear what I said? God literally rebukes the devourer for your family. Last one is the, the, the praise grenade. My favorite. I know, I love praise. The praise grenade. Why is it the praise grenade? This is how I fight my battles. That's my favorite, favorite thing to put on. If I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get out of this? God is bigger. It may feel like I'm surrounded, but he's the one surrounding me first. And that's how we fight our battles. We fight our battles with praise. Praise, the weapon that can scatter the, the thoughts of fear. It, just start praising. Put on some praise music. The, the, the weapons that can scatter evil thoughts or, or evil ideas, they have to flee, right? No evil spirit wants to hang out with you worshiping. People can't even handle that. You know the testimony about the guy in pastor's truck? He didn't want to be around it, right? The devil hates it. He will run. So let's pull out our praise grenade. That's what's going to bless you and it also blesses the Father when you do that. That is also positive resistance. That's submitting to God and automatically resisting the devil. You know, Matt talked a good lesson about worship, and he brought up one of the songs that I, I one of my favorite worship songs by Matt Redman. And when the music fades, is what he starts off with, all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth, just to bless your heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. Amen. You know, it's uncomfortable sometimes when we come up and, and praise and worship or we're in, you know, we're, look, we're in the song and maybe we don't know the song or, or maybe we're having a rough day, but we're not here for us. No. Right. The, the worship's not for us. It's not, it's not like, yeah, I really don't like that song, so I'm just going to wait for the next one. Well, it's not about you. Right? That's not going to get you any battles won during that moment. If, if you come dragging in, there is something about this altar when we gather. There's nothing about the carpet or the area. It's not even that comfortable on your knees. It's not pretty carpet even, and it's kind of hard. But there is something about the altar that God, the music fades, and it's just you and God, and you're just trying to tell him how much you love him, and he honors that. He loves it. And not only that, but they, we, we were talking about Paul and Silas. 
Pastor brought it up and so did Matt. Paul and Silas sitting in a prison, nasty prison. I mean, I can't even go into the details because it was probably so disgusting. I can't even fathom that. Even our, I mean, our prisons aren't like that right now. But they praised during a time that they could have complained or or made another plan. Well, if we die, we need to start writing letters to, you know, so-and-so so they can continue on the gospel. They didn't do that. They just praised. The amazing part about this story to me is that when they praised, their chains didn't just fall off. The amazing part to me is that everybody else's, and no, those other people were just listening. They were just bystanders. They weren't even God worshipers. Right. And their chains fell off. Why? Yeah. I think, why, Lord? Why wasn't it just them two? That's weird. But that's how good it is. When you praise, you can help break chains of others around you. Amen. That's the revelation I got. What? It is so cool. And anytime I'm up here, I can't even tell you how many times I am praising for one of you or one of my family members because I know that my praise can break some chains. You know what I mean? Shaking up some things. So you use that, use those weapons. So I'm wrapping this up, but give me a few minutes. Um, these are eight things that Pastor Barclay, one time long ago in SMTI when I took it, he talked about whipping the devil. Eight things to whip the devil. And I'll just give you this list real quick and then I'll tell you. Number one, rise up, get mad at the condition or the situation. Okay? Rise up, get mad at your condition or your situation, whatever. Number two, don't take blame. Realize who your enemy is. Number three, stop the avenue of approach. Number four, shift to positive resistance. Thank you, Maverick. Number five, calculate the damage done. Number six, realize that it's not just going to go away. That one's powerful. powerful. Number seven, aggressively attack spiritually. And number eight, another powerful one, fortify that area of your life for the future attacks because they will come. So let me go into a little bit of detail real quick, and then I'm going to pray and send you all home tonight. I know a lot of this stuff is not things that I'm teaching you because I don't teach things that I, uh, I just teach things that I've learned from here. <laughs> I've only been here for a really long time in my life. And I just preach what I've been taught and what I believe is true. And a lot of these things, I've walk, walked them out myself. And a lot of them I failed and learned. And this one in particular, this list reminded me of a time that we were in the camper. We lived in the camper for 18 months. And it was so happy and lovely for the first two days. And then, you know, the new wears off. And then at the end, we started having a little friend visit. And it, it was a little mouse. And I have this really keen hearing and smell. And so if there's a mouse that comes anywhere in my house, it's like it wakes me up and I can hear it no matter where it is. It's like I know that sound is not normal. And I told my husband, there's a mouse in here, and he didn't believe me. <sighs> After the first time, you think you'd have believed me. But I was determined to obviously prove it. And so I had to rise up and get mad at my situation. Okay? That's number one. I had to rise up and say, enough is enough. I am not dealing with this mouse anymore. If you don't do something, I'm going to have to go stay at my parents. I can't live with the mouse. I don't like them. I don't want them crawling on me while I'm sleeping. It's creepy. And I don't want him eating my crackers. That's, that's stealing, by the way. Not to mention breaking and entering. Okay, so number two, don't take blame or shame. Realize who the enemy is. I had to realize Josh is not the enemy. Don't yell at him. Just kindly tell him, this situation isn't working for me. So can you find something to get rid of this mouse? Okay, perfect. And he does. Okay, so he goes and finds whatever gadget that he thinks is awesome to kill a mouse. So he decides he is going to get some 
mouse traps, okay? So he's gonna stop the avenue of approach. He's gonna place these little mouse traps. I knew he was coming in the kitchen, and obviously he's getting my crackers, so I knew, you know, I had to throw all my food that was anywhere near this one cabinet out. We had to find and block access. So he takes these, these um, well, sticky things, or you, they're terrible, don't ever do those. There's this, they get foot stuck on them and they can't move, and he just drags it with them across the counter, and it makes it worse than a mousetrap. So he does both. He puts the sticky thing, he'll, so they were coming up through the stove somehow. Creepy, because, yeah. And then the mousetraps he puts all around the stove, okay? So this baby is gonna die, okay? So, we shift to positive resistance. I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to find out what can be done, and we're going to move forward with this. So we do. So we have to. We have to then. We have to calculate the damage done. Right. We have to figure out what needs to be prepared in this stove where they're getting in. Like the hole. Obviously, something is not right in there. Right. So we hear a snap the first night, which I knew we would. Now. That was exciting, because I was like, yes, we had just laid down, and I knew, I knew once the lights went off, that's when those little sneakies come out. And I, I knew, and I hear that snap, and I was like, oh, good. Go get him, honey. Go get him, and just get rid of him right now. And then, before he even gets out, bam, bam. And I was like, ah, there's more of them. Oh, and so it just creeped me out. And then one of the sticky pads, you hear it, is just so disgusting. I was like, just take care of them, and please make sure you get all of them and reset every trap after that, because I'm not coming out of the bedroom. And so he does his thing, he takes care of it, and he gets the foam stuff, which I love, this foam where you, you, know, you seal anything with it. Every house we've owned, we have to have foam stuff, and it seals everything. They can't get through it, any of it. And so he fixes it. We calculate the damages, and we had realized it wouldn't just go away. That's why we took care of the the hole, right? And I also had to know that I was going to attack aggressively, right? I have to know that I am going to prepare for the future. So I'm going to fortify this area. I'm going to now, um, I'm going to move this cabinet. We won't keep food in this cabinet anymore because whatever this cabinet is, is weird. So I move everything over, we seal the stove, and now we've got everything fortified for any future um, visitors. They're not getting in, and, and, it, and it worked. We prepared for the next time, and it worked, and we had no more issues after that. Now, let's talk spiritually. That's all funny and, and fun. And, and a mouse is just a mouse at the end of the day, e even though to me it's, it's like a giant. It's just I don't like it. What about sickness? What about um, this, this giant that I'm facing? Well, you've got to rise up and you've got to get mad about that. You have to say, I don't like being sick. I don't like having headaches constantly. I don't like my attitude always being bad. And I don't know why, but I don't like it and I need to do something about it. You've got to rise up and get mad about it. If you don't get to that point where you're angry about it, you're not going to do anything about it. And it will stay the same after that point. Don't take the blame. <clears throat> Or the shame. Don't tell yourself, I'll never change and I can't do it. That's a lie. Amen. Know who the enemy is and know the enemy is the one trying to make me do this and feel this way and I don't receive that. I don't have to have any of it according to the word of God. And stop the avenue approach. Stop listening to the lies. You're not getting those lies from here. You're not getting those lies from church. Right. Where are you getting them from? What are you watching? What movies are, what music are you listening to? What people are you listening to? Stop listening to the lies. Right, They're getting in. Shift to positive resistance. Quit complaining and go find a promise now. I'm going to stop complaining and I'm going to find a promise. I'm going to stand on something firm, something that I can trust in. Calculate the damage done. What needs to change in your life? And what damage have you already done with that attitude or that unforgiveness or that yelling, anger, depression? What damage has that already caused that I need to fix or ask God to help me fix if I don't know what to do? And realize it won't just go away. Realize you've got to do something. And if you don't know what to do, find your past, find your spiritual leader. Find some godly friends. Go and talk it out with somebody, not to complain. You're not gossiping and complaining by doing that. You're going to find a solution with some godly people. That's okay. Realize you've got to attack 
aggressively and spiritually. Remind yourself, I'm not going to quit this time. I'm going to use my faith to move forward, and I'm going to get this pain, and I'm going to stay on this pain until it's gone. And I'm not going to quit like last time. I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to keep speaking it until it is gone. Until the one day that I realize, oh, I didn't have that pain anymore. And lastly, fortify that area of your life for future attacks. You have got to confess and learn the word if you want to have Fort Knox spiritually. Right? You, you, it doesn't just happen because you're, you're God's child. You've got to tithe in order for God to rebuke the devourer. You've got to use the word on your lips in order for the enemy to flee. Otherwise, what's, what's the harm in him hanging out with you? What are you doing that he's hanging out with you? Get rid of that, whatever it is. Learn the word. I hope that some of these uh, just encouraged you tonight. And I just thank God that we have such godly men to oversee our lives, to help us stay the course. Because life is not easy and simple and fun all the time. But God has Zoe life for us if we choose to walk in it. And I hope you are. And if you don't know how, please come talk to somebody because it's a good life. When your cup overflows, nothing that is going on in your life is that big of a deal. It's just not. Amen. You, just, you just go. You just keep going. God's so good. He wants to help you and bless you in everything you do. Stand to your feet. We pray you were blessed by the message we were able to share with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to find out more about our ministry, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.